Hi, and welcome back to the Multifaceted Athlete with Coaching Lutz. I'm your host, Kelly Lutz. I am a USGA certified running and ultra running coach and certified strength and conditioning specialist. I am so excited to have you here today. We'll be talking all about running, aspects of running, strength training, and anything else that makes us humans who do sports. So let's dive right into this episode. I hope you love it. Hello, welcome back to another week of the Multifaceted Athlete. It's been a while. This is going to release off cycle because I'm going to release it later today after I finish. I'm recording this on Friday, the 20th of January. Usually these podcasts come out on Wednesday, but for reasons I will explain, this podcast is not coming out Wednesday. I could wait till next week, but honestly, I don't want to wait. So this is coming out to you a little early, a little late for this week, I guess. But this episode is going to be my San Diego trip recap. And if you are unaware, I went to San Diego for my second Endeavor Run retreat and to run the Carlsbad 5K. So if you don't know what the Endeavor Run retreats are, I went to my first one in Boulder in August, and then I did a podcast episode all about that. It's episode 32 called Sometimes a Breakdown Leads to a Breakthrough. And if you haven't listened, you might be like, how is that about the Endeavor Run Retreat? Who had a breakdown? What is going on? It was me. I had a breakdown in the middle of the retreat. And honestly, I don't remember everything I said in that episode because it's one of the few, well, I guess I don't listen back anymore, but I did not listen back to that episode or edit it at all. And this was before I stopped editing my episodes as much. So you get more raw conversations now. But that one, yeah, the most vulnerable podcast, I think, that I've released, maybe on par with the first season of the the podcast, I released a bonus episode about anxiety I was feeling. Um, but yeah, episode 32 about first Endeavor Run Retreat, very vulnerable, don't really know what I covered in it, but it was a popular episode, so you should listen to it. Um, and... So I went to my second Endeavor Run retreat. That's why I went to San Diego and ended in a 5K. And if you have been following along, whether on the podcast or on Instagram, you know I've been training for 5Ks for months. So I wanted to do this one because it was at sea level and I live at altitude, which usually means that I can run faster. But we'll get into all of that. So this episode, I'm going to cover all about my trip all about Endeavor Run. I'll give a brief overview of what we did each day so that if you are interested in Endeavor Run, you can kind of get a feel for what it's like. I'm going to talk about differences between this time and the first retreat I went to. And obviously, we're going to do the 5K recap because that was my favorite part of the whole trip. So starting out, I was supposed to fly out to San Diego Wednesday the 11th and be there fly back Wednesday the 18th and strong start to the trip got a text the day before I was flying southwest I thought we would be safe by now but I got a text that my flight was canceled luckily they sent that about 8 p.m the night before so I did have time to 
you know, regroup, figure out what to do. But my flight the next day was supposed to be at around 2 p.m. And when rebooking, I did not act quickly enough. I was going to rebook for the 11.45 a.m. flight, which the reason my flight was canceled was supposedly weather. So don't ask me why I was able to or I had the option to rebook for the 11.45 a.m. flight. But either way, I waited too long and that was not available. So then my only options that were nonstop, because Denver's not that far from San Diego. I'm not doing a layover. <laughs> uh, so then my option was either 8 a.m. and I was not prepared to do that or 8.30 p.m. And then I would arrive after 10 p.m. And if you know me, you know I like to go to sleep between 9 and 10. So I don't want to land at 10 p.m., especially when that would be 11 p.m. Denver time. Uh, so Wednesday was kind of a wash. I rebooked my flight for Thursday morning on the 8.30 a.m. flight. So that was actually, I was bummed, but the Endeavor Run retreat didn't start till Thursday evening officially. So it wasn't the end of the world. I didn't fly out there till Thursday. And then I had the whole day Wednesday to myself because I was still off work, which was great. So I got some coaching work done before flying out so that I wouldn't have to worry about that during the retreat and kind of just had a chill day to myself. So then Thursday, finally <laughs> get to the airport to my plane and smooth sailing. We made it to San Diego. I landed in the morning. And I was staying in the second team house with some of the coaches from the retreat and some participants. So I went there and then there was no one there yet. <laughs> they were all out doing things. A lot of them had arrived on Wednesday. So mostly just settling in, figuring out where our house was relative to the main team house and saying hi to everyone as they came back to the house and arrived. I was staying in a duplex, so right next to another another team house number two, I guess, um, with other people I knew. So one, I'm kind of going to just mix this in differences between this time and last time as they come up. So one big difference is for the Boulder Endeavor Run Retreat in August. I live in Arvada, so that's about 30 minutes south of Boulder. So I did not stay close to the main team house, which was the meeting point, hanging out place for pretty much everything during the retreat. So this time around in San Diego, obviously I don't live there. So I was staying at a place with other people from the retreat and we were about maybe three blocks from the main house. So it was very easy to go to and from the main house to where we were staying and on top of that, just staying with other people from the retreat. So I could hang out with them, get to know them better outside of the Endeavor Run setting, if you will. Um, and just kind of feel more integrated because uh, it was nice having my own house for the Boulder retreat because I could go home every night, sleep in my bed and stuff. But it also felt like I was kind of an outsider and not because people weren't including me but because just by the nature I was coming and going and like fully leaving and not being around other people for as much time because I was only around people when I was actually at the Endeavor Run activities so that was a big difference and I will say it 
highly elevated my experience and I really enjoyed staying with some of the other coaches and participants. Um, so that was a big difference from this time versus last time. So then Thursday night when Endeavor Run starts, it's basically just we have dinner, everyone's arriving, we get our goodie bags, and then Jake, who is in charge of everything, does a little welcome ceremony, and then we're introduced to all of the coaches. They tell us their specialties, what to come to them for, and we go over the schedule for the next couple of days. So the retreat was Thursday night through Monday morning. If we were still here, the official close was Sunday night. Since I was staying, or I was planning on staying till Wednesday because my brother and his girlfriend live in San Diego, so I extended my trip a bit. So I was going to be there through Sunday, but some people were flying out. Um, a lot of people did have a long weekend because this was over Martin Luther King Jr. Day weekend, so that was that Monday. So the first big day of Endeavor Run was Friday. We started off the day with a sports psych session by Corey, and that was really cool. We had a sports psych session each day, which was different from last time. Last time, we only had one sports psych session between the three days, and this time we had three, one for each day. So it was really cool starting the day with that, and Corey helped us a lot with like mental tips and I'll get into this in the 5K recap, but I definitely use some of his tips there and they helped me a lot. So after that, you I probably mentioned this on the last podcast because we did this at the Boulder Endeavor Run 2, but Asher is the resident PT, physical therapist at the retreat, and we did the assessment to see where you might need to strengthen uh, between your, basically your lower limbs. Um, glutes, hamstrings, and calves were what we focused on. And since I was racing on Sunday, I did not fully participate in this because I remember last time I got really sore the next day um, because basically you're trying to figure out your max for calf raises and glute bridges, single leg glute bridges, stuff like that. So it is, you know, kind of taxing on your muscles, if you will. Uh, so that was cool because I knew what to expect. <laughs> and then from there, we headed down to Chula Vista to the Olympic Training Center, which was so freaking cool. So there we were able to go onto the track and some of us did a track workout. Some of us did easy runs. Uh, since I was racing, I did an easy run around the campus there and pretended I was an Olympian. <laughs> which would be such a dream, but, um, and then we were able to use the weight room, and at the same time, we were on the track and in the weight room, some of the Olympians were practicing too, I believe it was the Paralympians, and just watching them train was so cool, and yeah, I wish in another life that I were an Olympian, (laughs) maybe if I liked running enough when I was younger and had worked towards it, but you know, that ship is probably sealed. But it was really cool being there and we got to eat in their dining hall. So basically we were at the Olympic Training Center for the majority of Friday and that was it was just such a cool experience. And then that night I don't we did definitely did something else besides just having dinner, but 
I don't recall off the top of my head. And apparently I did not write it in my notes. So Friday was a pretty packed day. And then Saturday was a less packed day. Usually in the schedule for Endeavor Run, there are, well, I guess in my two experiences, there's a day that's more packed and a day that's less packed so that you have some time if you want to be alone or you want to talk to a specific coach about something or if you just want to hang out with everyone. So Saturday was a little less packed than Friday, partially because we weren't driving to Chula Vista, uh, which was, you know, over a 30-minute drive from where we were staying. We were in Pacific Beach. So we started, well, I started off the day with a solo easy run because I wanted my last run before the race to be as far from the race as possible. And the race started at 6.45 on Sunday. So I tried to get up. Well, I didn't try. I did. I got up early and ran around 6.30 on Saturday, which I also just wanted to like do something very specific the day before and run at the same time just to see like, okay, what's the weather likely going to feel like? What will I want to wear? How will I feel? And I did have the advantage that coming from Denver, I'm used to being an hour later. And I was staying with uh, Matt Fitzgerald who wakes up at 5 a.m. So I would hear him making coffee and 5 a.m. was 6 a.m. my time, which is usually around when I wake up. So I had been waking up at like 5 each day just as is. <laughs> so getting out to run early wasn't hard. Long story short. Uh, so after that, we had another sports psych session with Corey. And this one was more about... So the first day was more about like external um, inputs. And the second day was more about our thoughts. And this is where we got some of the tips I used for the race. Um, so one of the exercises that Corey had us do was thinking of basically like words that motivate us and we would choose two words and you would say one is you're breathing in and one is you're breathing out and the idea is like these are words I don't think motivate is the right word but I can't remember exactly what he said but basically it's something that you can use during a race or a hard workout that can drive you to perform to perform better and the words that I chose that the words that make me feel good in those settings are confident and strong just reminding myself that I can do it I am capable of doing it and I am strong so those are my words um we're not at the 5k yet but I did use them so after that we had a few hours everyone else went out for a run like I said I had already run so I hung out at the house and got to just have some more conversations with coaches I didn't talk to as much last retreat so I got to talk to Jake a bit who is the head um, of the retreat uh, I think this day is when I got to talk to coach B who is another running coach um, I don't remember who else I got to talk to this day but it was really great because I didn't get to talk to coach B at all on during the August retreat uh, and that's pretty much like on me we did have a bigger group in Boulder which made it a little harder to get one-on-one -on -one time with the coaches and especially when I was going back and forth from home um but also at Boulder I did not 
I wasn't as intentional about talking to the coaches. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to get out of the retreat. So that is a big difference from this time. Going into this retreat, I went in with the intention that I wanted to learn from the others who are run coaches for my run coaching and also learn from all of the coaches there for my own athletic purposes. And going into the August one, I wasn't sure which hat I wanted to wear and what to expect. And I I was talking to my therapist about this yesterday. I was kind of like a brat in August, I feel like, because, um, okay, how deep do we want to go in this? So basically, I kind of had like a bad attitude going into Boulder. I think I did touch on this a bit in the last episode, but I'm going to reiterate because I just had this conversation with my therapist yesterday. But it was kind of like, so obviously, y'all know I'm a running coach. Like, I know things. I don't know everything, and I'm very upfront about that. But in certain situations, I, like, my ego gets in the way, and I'm just like, oh, I know this. What can I learn from this kind of thing? And we talked about it in therapy, and we have, since I started working with her, discovered one of my core wounds (laughs) is people not believing in me and kind of having, like, prove myself especially from, you know, being a woman in STEM for most of my life. I'm used to people doubting me and being like, oh, you're not as smart as the men because you're a woman and even when I am. So going into that new setting, I kind of had like this protective layer to be like, I can't let anyone know if I don't know something, like I have to prove myself, even though I was there as a participant, I'm not there as a coach, you know. Um, But this time going into it, I was a lot more open the whole time, because there was a point in last retreat after my breakdown, where I opened up a lot and like, was more amenable to getting things out of the retreat versus just being a brat. (laughs) So this San Diego retreat, I was a lot more open going into it. And I was like, I'm going to learn as much as I can because these are some great resources for me. And I I have a lot to learn. You know, I don't know everything. And it's okay that I don't know everything. And just from my conversations with all of the coaches, um, one of the best things that came out of this actually was I was telling them some of my 2023 goals which I'm not going to say on the podcast quite yet, but they were basically like, we believe in you, we want you to succeed, and we're here to help you in any way we can. So take advantage of that. Like, ask us questions. Ask us when you need help. Let us know what we can do. Like, we are here to help you. We're not here to judge you. Um, So that was really powerful for me to hear and to be around for the four or five days however long we were there. So that was a striking difference. And I would say a really, really powerful thing to come from this retreat. Okay, so anyway, where was I? So Saturday, um, after that, we had a nutrition talk with Lydia, who is the registered dietitian in Endeavor Run. And she talked all about race day fuel and how to figure out your race day fueling plan and how it doesn't start 
on race day. And that was really useful, especially for, like, she covered pretty much all race distances and said how it could apply to each of those. And obviously she is the expert in that field. So just hearing a little more about nutrition from someone who is the expert is always useful because in running coaching, we do get, you know, the general nutrition guidelines that we can talk about with athletes, but we aren't the experts. So learning from her was amazing. And then after that, we this was the less packed day, so we had quite a few hours between that last session and then our next session, which was dinner and a Q&A with the coaches. And this was the day before the race. And my brother signed up to run the race with me. So we went to Packet Pickup up in Carlsbad, which is about a 30-ish, actually it was longer, drive that day um, to get our packets. Because if you wanted to pick up your packet on race day, it was an extra 20 bucks. So no thank you. But oddly enough for San Diego, which won't surprise anyone if you know what's going on in California and I guess now it's in Denver, but it was raining all day. So much rain. <laughs> and it was supposed to rain Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It did run or it did rain all day Saturday. Uh, we happened to have a break Sunday morning for the race, which was amazing. And then it rained Monday again. And some of Tuesday, it was quite odd. And if you're in Denver now, I think that is the snowstorm that we got because we just got another almost foot of snow. So very rainy, not the best day to be driving kind of far, but we did it. We got our packets. We went out and got some food. I got some beignets and then headed back to the house for the Q&A, hung out for a bit. And then I actually left the main house earlier than everyone else I was staying with. So I was like, I got to wake up early. I want to get everything situated for race morning and go to sleep early. Especially because I was waking up at 530 because the marathon started at 615. The 5K started at 645 and the half marathon started at 745 on Sunday. So I was riding up to Carlsbad with the other 5K runners and Lydia who was running the marathon. So we were leaving at 515 from the main house. And as some of us do, my race morning routine includes drinking coffee before I leave. So I was waking up at 4.30 to do so. <laughs> and lately this year, part of my morning routine is journaling. So I wanted to get that in before going to the race. So let's talk about race day. Um, so the day before I talked to Matt Fitzgerald about how should I freaking pace this thing? Because from if you listen to... Actually, I don't know if I talked about this, but if you listen to my race recap from the Jingle Bell Run in December, I did not go into it with a pacing plan because I wasn't sure what I could do. So this time around, I did have a time goal in mind. My aggressive goal was sub 24. As a reminder, uh, last month in December in Denver, at the Jingle Bell Run 5K, I ran 25.03. So I thought sub 24 
would be aggressive because I wasn't sure how much I could cut off being at sea level and having those four-ish weeks of workouts in between. Um, I was really unsure because since we've been getting quite a bit of snow, my speed workouts haven't been what I want them to be because it's just kind of hard to find a dry patch this long enough to get the speed workouts in. Um, and I'm pretty sure I talked about that in one of the What's What's episodes, but that was my time goal going into it. And so basically Matt told me that when the best runners, like the world record holders, when they run a 5k, they pace it in an inverted U. So you go out quick, but not too quick. And then you slow down a bit, settle in, and then do a fast finish. So that was my goal, especially given the race course. There wasn't an elevation chart specific to the 5k. So I was going off the half marathon one, which was not the best because obviously the half marathon is 13.1 miles. So when you're looking at at an elevation chart, changes in elevation that probably aren't that bad look a lot steeper because you have a lot more elevation to fit in a graph because there's more miles, if that makes sense. So there was a very steep looking hill right in like the end of the first mile. And I've never been to Carlsbad. I had no idea what that was. And I was like, where the heck is this hill? Like, what is this hill? How bad is it? So we started out with a slight downhill. So my plan was to go out at like 7.30, 7.35 pace on that downhill and then pull back a bit as we start going up the hill and then kind of just settle in and allow like my effort to rise because I didn't want my pace to drop too much and then basically settle in until the end and do a fast finish. So I almost did that. (laughs) I did. Okay. So I did go out at the pace I wanted to, um, judging by the glance at my watch. But then a little before, or maybe it was when we were starting to go up, there was a slight incline before we started going up the hill, which happened to be an overpass (laughs) and really wasn't that bad. But I glanced down at my watch and I saw 8.15. I was like, oh no, we are moving too slow right now. And at this point I was stuck behind two people because the way the race started, we didn't start and end in the same spot. So when we started, we were spread out across both sides of the road. And then once we got to the point where it was going to be an out and back, we were condensed into the left side of the road so I couldn't get around these two people for too long looking back I think this was the time where I lost too much time but other than that then we get to the hill I start passing people because somehow I forgot that hills are kind of my jam in 5ks when I ran in college my favorite course was the Van Cortland course which if you are unfamiliar You run your first mile on the grass field, so it's all flat, and then you run um, into the trails, which is called the back hills. It's just a bunch of hills, and that's in those 5K races in college. That's when I always call it people, and then you finish on flat. Um, 
But this was kind of like the same thing. I passed so many people on this overpass. <laughs> Partially because, you know, I'm coming from altitude. It wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't as hard for me because I was definitely, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. But I had that on my side. Um, so, uh, and my brother stayed with me for the first half. We got to the turnaround and then he kind of pulled away. I didn't know how aggressively he was pulling away, so I didn't try to stay with him, which is another thing I'm kicking myself about in retrospect. But we get to the turnaround, and I'm like, sweet, I am halfway there. This is still feeling sustainable. And every time I was glancing at my watch, I saw a 740 pace. 740 is what a 24-minute 5K is. So I was like, cool, we're doing great. We are on pace. I feel like I still have another gear in me for my fast finish. And let's do it. I was a little more conservative than I think I should have been once we hit the turnaround because after the overpass, it was a slight downhill to the turnaround. So going back to the overpass, it was a slight uphill. And I wasn't sure how much that would take out of me. But in my mind, I was like, get to the overpass and then fucking bomb down that hill. Because obviously we were going down the overpass we came up. And I passed one of the other Endeavor Run um, participants. She was running the 5K too. And she just yells at me, you're 15. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she was trying to tell me I was the 15th place female at that time. Because she was counting all the women as she was running until she saw me. And... It was just, it was a really funny moment because I was like, what is she saying to me right now? <laughs> and then later it clicked. I was like, I think maybe she's saying I'm 15th women. But I was keeping up my pace, getting to the overpass, and then sped up a bit. And then the other thing I wasn't quite sure about was since when we started, like I mentioned, it was a slight downhill. That means we were ending with a slight uphill. And I was like, oh, how is this going to go? But I was holding on. And then it must have been right before getting to mile three, I looked at my watch and looked at the total time. And I saw 23, 24. And I was like, girl, you got to move. You have to go right now. And we must have had like, 0.15 miles left because I don't think I was quite at the three mile marker and I was like we gotta fucking go (laughs) so I just started sprinting and when I say sprinting I was sprinting as you'll see from my split if you haven't seen my splits already you'll know them in a second but if you saw them you know what I'm talking about um so then finished my time was 2404 that was my official time. My watch said 2410. And I was like, how far off? Like, how far behind the gun did I start? You know, because it was gear chip time, obviously. Um, so final time was 2404. And my brother finished eight seconds ahead of me. And he finished in... 23.56, which is why I was kicking myself afterwards. If I had stayed with him, I would have gotten sub-24. And, like, given that I was only five seconds off, I could have totally done it. I think getting stuck behind those people when we um, funneled down to half of the road was part of where my five seconds came from. But overall, like, I'm really happy with that race. And this is the first 
5k I've ever negative split. So I think that means I had more in me. Um, so my splits were eight minutes, 739, 735. And then the last point one, 609. So when I tell you I sprinted my ass to the finish, I was moving. It hurt a lot. But yeah, that first mile, I think I took too slow, obviously with the eight minute pace. And I think if I had thought about the fact that I'm generally strong on hills on a 5k course, then I would have been a little more aggressive with my first mile versus being more conservative. Because I think I could have held on and maybe not had to do almost a six minute pace at the end. Um, But overall, super happy. And the funny thing is, I know my last what's what episode, I was like, I'm going to run this 5k and then I'm going to stop training for 5k's. I'm going to focus on strength and easy volume. And you know what I did the next day? I signed up for another 5k because I am so excited (laughs) about the 5k's. It's like, I think I needed this race just to see that what I've been doing in training is working and it's really exciting to see progress like this, especially I haven't run a 24 anything 5k since or faster since 2012, I think maybe 2011 since college. So this is the fastest I've been since college. And one of, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, one of my long-term goals is because this isn't, this isn't an all-time PR for me uh, because I was faster in college, but one of my really long-term goals is to eventually beat my 5k PR from college, which is 2035. And I'd really like to break 20 minutes one day. So it's really exciting to see my 5k time moving in the right direction. And this was only with, I've been training for 5k since August or September. So really not that much dedicated 5K training time, which is really exciting because I don't think this is where my progress ends for 5Ks. The interesting thing will be, so my next 5K is April 2nd. So one, it's still snowing like every other week. So it'll be interesting to see how speed workouts go, but I'm going to go back to the track is my plan and hope that will be better than trying to be on the roads all the time. Um, And obviously I signed up for a 50 miler and 50K later this year. So I'll have to take a step back from 5K training for a bit, which I think overall will be super beneficial and it'll help me avoid avoid burnout um, from all the fast 5K training. Plus, you know, being in 5K shape is not going to hurt trail running. (laughs) So very exciting, very fun race. I really like racing 5Ks is what I'm learning. Like they really suck, but it's just, I don't know. The joy is back, people. The joy is back. And something I think is really funny is my preferred racing distances are 5K and 50K. Like, very opposite end of the spectrum there. 
but so much fun and I can't wait for the next one. I'm really excited to see what I can do because I'm doing it on the same course as the Jingle Bell Run um, 5K that was in December. So it'll be a very apples to apples comparison to my December race and I'm curious how much I can lower that time being at altitude and leading up to the Jingle Bell Run and the Carlsbad 5K, I was doing Jack Daniels 5K plan um, in the Daniels Running Formula book. And for this next one, I'm going to be using an 80-20 endurance plan, which is Matt Fitzgerald's running coaching company. So I'm very excited to see how that goes and how I like or how the two approaches and workouts compare and which one I like more. Or maybe I just like them both a lot. We'll see. I'm excited. Anyway, that does kind of change my plans for <laughs> that I had for the next couple months. I'm still going to try to lift three times a week because I would like to do that and keep my volume up. But obviously, I'm going to have more intensity from the 5K training, so tweaks will be made. And honestly, I would be happy with two days lifting a week. I need to get back into that routine. It's been disrupted for quite a bit. So, 5K race. Um, after we finished the 5K, I met up with the other two women who were running the 5K. And then we hung around to cheer on the half marathoners because they started an hour after us. Um, and the timing worked out that they were coming back to the finish where we could see them around the same time that Lydia, the marathoner, was coming back. So we got to see a lot of them and cheer them on as they were approaching the finish, which was really, really fun and really special. And after that, we basically all kind of did our own thing for a bit, you know, got cleaned up and then went back to the main house for brunch our final sports psych session with Corey, and then just the wrap-up from Jake and saying goodbye to everyone, and it was, it was a lot of fun. There were some points during the retreat, which I don't think this is avoidable for me personally, where being around so many people for a consistent amount of time. There were certain points where I just got really drained. Sometimes it was because I hadn't eaten enough and I was getting hungry and like my tolerance for anything when I'm hungry is very low. And sometimes it was just getting later in the day and as an introvert I need some alone time to recharge or at least like less group time to recharge. Um cuz I definitely mentioned this in the last Endeavor Run recap podcast, but group settings can be hard for me. Um, I'm more of a one-on-one kind of person and I find it hard to like interrupt conversations if I have something to say but there's not a natural space in the conversation. So navigating that gets a little tiring for me but I tried to be more engaged this retreat than last retreat and something that I learned last retreat and really took to heart this retreat was like you can only get out what you give. So, like, first retreat, 
when I was being a little brat, I wasn't getting anything out of it because I was so closed off and like not giving any of myself to the retreat and not being open to receiving anything versus this time I feel like I got so much out of this retreat because I was like, I am here. I'm going to participate fully. I'm going to engage with these people I don't know and meet them and learn about them and I'm going to be more intentional and talk to the coaches and ask them questions even if maybe it's something I should know um so and that can apply to so many different aspects of our life not just a running retreat but like any new situation like if you aren't open and if you're not giving some of yourself to it you're not going to get much out of it and then what's kind of what's the point you know especially like a running retreat like this like why would you spend money to do something like this if you're not going to fully engage in it you know so that was the end of the official adobo run retreat Um, the next morning, some of us were still here and we didn't have to leave the Airbnbs until 10 a.m. So I went for a very easy run in the morning with Kat, who also was at Boulder. So we got to reconnect in San Diego, which is really fun because we talk on Instagram a lot. So we got to go on a run with her. And then we basically just went back to the main house after packing up and checking out of our house and said goodbye to everyone, official goodbyes to everyone who was still there. And yeah, it was really nice. It was just, I can't recommend these enough if you are interested in them. And especially if, I know a lot of like running camps and retreats are more focused around running longer miles each day and like getting a training stimulus and concentrated load and all of that, but this one is more like you're here to meet people, make connections, learn from the coaches, and go on some runs together, you know, but there's never any pressure to do anything you don't want to do. You can do your own thing when you need to, and basically you just get to meet people who love running and hang out with them for four days, Um, so I highly recommend it. They haven't said when the next one is, but if you are interested... And if you have any more questions, let me know. Like, I'll tell you anything. Um, So let me see if there's anything I missed between differences between last time and this time. I don't think so. I covered most of it. So then after that, like I mentioned, I was supposed to stay there till Wednesday and hang out with my brother and his girlfriend, fly out Wednesday at 4 p.m., get back to Denver, 7-something, whatever. Um, And then Monday, I'm looking at the weather. And my mom texted me and was like, I just got a winter storm warning for Denver. Are you going to make it back? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> so then I'm like going back and forth. I'm like, should I reschedule my flight? Like, do I want to risk getting stuck in San Diego? Would not be the worst thing in the world, you know, but um, I took PTO until Wednesday. I didn't have my work laptop. So, I mean, it wouldn't have been the worst thing, but also I was like, uh, I kind of want to go home too, you know? I love my home. I want to I wanna be back. <laughs> I miss my cats. I miss my husband. So, 
I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to reschedule my flight for Tuesday, same time, 4 p.m. And that did come with a cost, but I was like, okay, this is worth it if I get back before the storm. So then, I guess that was Sunday, I did that. And then Monday, I'm looking at the winter storm morning, and it was supposed to start at 5 p.m. in Denver, and my plane was supposed to land at 4.30 p.m., and I was like, that is kind of close. I don't know if I want to risk that, and if it starts earlier, and then we have to drive back from the airport in the snow, because if you know the Denver airport, it's not close to anything, so it's at least a 30-40 minute drive back to my house from there, and if the roads are bad conditions, that's just not great, so... I was like, mm, okay, I'm going to reschedule it again for, I rescheduled it for the 1.30 flight. No. Yes. Yeah, because originally I was supposed to land at 7. Oh, I'm getting the flights messed up. Anyway, I ended up rescheduling, final reschedule for the 10.20 flight, land at 1.30 in Denver. I was like, this, for sure, this is going to be early enough. So then, travel day, I happened I was looking because I was curious. I was like, what flights are canceled? Because we got a notification that if you were flying to Denver, your travel may be affected. And I was like, I think I'm early enough. I'll be okay. But then I looked and the 4 p.m. flight on Tuesday that I had originally rescheduled mine for was already canceled. And I was like, oof, I would have been shit out of luck if I was on that flight. So long story short, I flew back on Tuesday instead of Wednesday which was kind of nice because then I had half of Tuesday at home and then all of Wednesday before I had to get back to work. Um, I like to have a little buffer between the end of my vacation and the start of my work again. So that was nice. But now we got, our van got seven inches of snow and I'm back to running on snow and ice. So I miss San Diego. But that is all about my San Diego trip, all about Endeavor Run, all about the 5K. Very excited for this year. Very excited for 5K training again. Um, very excited for, yeah, I've got some more guests that will be coming on that I think you're going to love. Some stories that I know you'll be able to relate to, if not right now, which I hope not right now, but at some point in your running career, you probably have experienced this or you will likely experience this. So guest interviews will be back. Like always, if there's anyone you want to hear from, any stories you want to hear, any topics you want to hear, or if you want to come on and share your story, let me know. Send me an email, kelly at coachingclutz.com, or send me a DM on Coaching Clutz Instagram. And with that... If you enjoyed this, the best thing you can do for this podcast is share it with people, honestly. So if you share this in your stories on Instagram, please tag me at Coaching Clutz. I love to know when you're listening, what you think, and yeah, feedback is always welcome. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. Let me know how I can make it better for you. And if you are so inclined, please leave a rating and review wherever you listen. And with that, I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. And just thank you for supporting me and following along in my journey as a runner, as a coach, as a podcaster, as a business owner. 
<sighs> I'm just very grateful for all of you. And yeah, that's all I got for this week. I hope you're having a great week and I will be back with you soon. Bye. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review everything you do for podcasts wherever you listen to them. It helps me out immensely and helps other people find the show and just spread my message. And if you haven't already, connect with me on Instagram or TikTok at Coaching Klutz. You can also find me at my website, coachingklutz.com, if you're looking for my coaching services or any of my running programs. And I will talk to you all next time.